Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Uh, again, we thank the Lord for this day, and we thank God for this opportunity to come together this morning for this time of worship. Uh, and I'm very grateful for the blessings that the Lord bestowed upon us while we were in, while while I was in Liberia, uh, ministering there with our 17th annual Pastors and Leaders Conference. Uh, four people received Christ. That may seem like a small number, but this conference what any number of persons that comes to Jesus is an expansion of his kingdom. So we are excited about that. Uh, we're also excited about uh, the new connections that we made in Wheeler, Liberia. We thank God for the conference and the impact that, that we've made and for the vision going forward as we talked and met and talked about what we'll be doing going forward uh, with these conferences in Liberia. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support financially and spiritually. Thank you for, for um, looking at the pictures. Uh, thank you for everything you did. We love you. God bless you. Let's go into the word this morning. I'm going to uh, pick up at verse number uh, 13. Just focus on verse 13, and I'll probably reference some other scriptures as we go through this this morning. Uh, this morning... <clears throat> Verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. I want to talk about revisiting God's perspective of me. And I want each one of us to look at this as, an, as a personal message. Uh, revisiting God's perspective of us as believers, but in particular, revisiting God's perspective of me. How does God see me? How does God see you? Okay, let's pray again. Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand in this holy place and proclaim your holy word. Thank you for uh, your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for forgiving us, Lord. And we do beseech you, Father, to forgive us of our sins and iniquities and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you now. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. How does God see me? And I want you to ask yourself that question and, and listen as we go through uh, this message today. Amen. Um, as we move further into this year under the theme of the time is now, it's important that we engage the Holy Spirit uh, in the work that we have been assigned. Okay. He is working. Jesus said, my father is always working and I work. So we know we're in the dispensation of, of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, same person. He's working today. And we have talked about how uh, 
in this season, God is saying the time is now for us to engage the work of the ministry as never before. Okay. And so we need to, we need to engage him uh, in the work that he has assigned to us. Engaging in the work is critical. Okay. As we deal with what God has spoken to us this year. Um, and we'll move further in these messages that will, will that will become um, more motivational to us as it speaks to us about how God is speaking to us personally in these times and ministering to us personally in these times. But it's important for us to see that God has a has a, that there is an assignment on each of our lives. Okay, we must believe in and we must proclaim this gospel message. We've repented. We've come to Christ. That the scripture of our theme says, repent and believe in the gospel. Okay. We've repented. We've come to Jesus. We've received him as our savior and our Lord. We believe in the gospel. Believing in the gospel is not, is, is, is not a passive terminology. It is an active terminology. Whereas we believe in the gospel, we participate in the proclaiming of this gospel message. Now, <clears throat> We know that engaging the work, engaging the work of God, engaging the proclamation of the gospel, engaging the expanding of the kingdom of God in the earth realm comes with opposition. Okay. We know that the enemy has already stolen so much from people. He is, he is stealing. He is killing. He is destroying. Amen. Every day that we live, the enemy is at work. He is opposing the church. He is warring against the saints. He is attempting to wear the saints out with the things that he, with his constant onslaught. Okay. Um, and so we know that he's already stolen much. As you look back over your life, uh, whether it was in your ignorance, in your disobedience, Satan has stolen much from the saints of God throughout the world that we live in, uh, throughout the world around us. Um, he's stolen much using his diabolical schemes. Um, he has stolen so much from us. However, amen. I sense in this season that there is a shifting. There's a turning in the spirit realm as we focus in on the time being now. The time is now. The time is now uh, for, for, for what God is doing in the earth realm and for us to gain, engage him as never before. All right. And as we engage the Lord as never before, we put ourselves in a position for the blessings of the Lord to come in our lives. All right. But it, it, it requires us engaging the Lord in his work. You know what? As, as we talk about giving, you can never outgive God. So as I, I engage God in, in bringing the tithes and the offerings and, and giving them and giving my time and giving my resources and giving my energy. Amen. For the work of the kingdom, I can't outgive God. I cannot outgive God. God always gives more back to me. It's important that we understand that. It's important that, that we sense that. So there's a shifting in the atmosphere, amen, as we engage God in this season, amen, as we engage in the work of the ministry. Last week in Liberia, amen, God spoke to me concerning supernatural recovery, supernatural recovery. The text in 1 Samuel um, 
chapter 30, verses 1 through 10, where David and his men had come back to Ziklag after they had been sent home and not allowed to fight with the Philistines against, against Israel, against Judah. Of course, that was all in God's plan. And, you know, as we look at this, as we think about the saints, it's important for us to know that God has a plan that the devil can't throw it. Amen. Amen. God has a plan that the devil cannot stop. Amen. I don't care what he does and I don't care what the warfare looks like. David and his men went back to Ziklag and they found that the city had been burned. They found that their wives and their children have been taken captive by the Amalekites. And the Bible says that the men, David and the men lifted up their voices and they wept until there was no more strength in them. And David asked for the ephod, Kalabatha asked for the ephod and sought the Lord, amen, and, and asked the Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Will I, will, will I overtake them? Will I recover? And the, the word of the Lord to David was pursue and you shall without fail recover all. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Pursue. Now, of course, when we look at this, amen, and, and David does what God tells him to do, and it happens exactly like God says. David pursues, David overtakes, David recovers all of the women, all of the children, all of the things that have been stolen from him and his men. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God has a plan that the devil can't, can't throw. David is on his way somewhere. All right. David has to ascend to the throne. Amen. There's nothing that the devil could have done to stop what God had planned in David's lives. And I want you to hear that today. I want you to hear that there is nothing that the devil can do to stop what God has planned in and for your life. Amen. But that's why the Lord wants us to take a look again at his perspective of us. Amen. And his perspective of us. Amen. 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 And, and, and so out of this, I was inspired, um, when I, when I, somewhere along the way on my journey back home, I read a post by Bishop Jackson Weir, um, concerning the prophetic word for the month because the word for hope of praise in, in Liberia and our churches there was a time for supernatural recovery. And in that, Bishop Weir wrote, Redefining how God sees me. Redefining how God sees me. All right. And I thought about that. Okay. For me, the Lord led me to revisiting God's perspective of me, taking another look, taking a good deep look at how God views me. All right. Uh, uh, Bishop Weir went on the right, right? He exempted me from his wrath, he gave me mercy. He exempted me from his loving, uh, he extended me his loving kindness, grace. God finally included me in his eternal plan, God's love. Thank God that I've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. Those words, as I said, redefining how God sees me jumped out at me. It stirred my spirit. Amen. This is what God revealed to me from this. Okay. In order for believers to engage the work of the kingdom properly, and to stand against the opposition, who is Satan, it is crucial and critical that we understand correctly how God sees us, or that we understand God's perspective of us. 
and that we embrace that perspective. Amen. It's, it's very critical. It is very critical. And we're going to talk about how critical that is in just a few moments. All right. Uh, it is it, critical that we embrace and I know we know these things, okay? We have the knowledge of these things. We have had knowledge of these things. We know what God did for us in, in Christ Jesus. Amen? And but, but, but we need to refocus on that. We need to refocus on why God did it. Okay? Why did God do for what, do for me what he did for me in Jesus? And now, uh, how God sees me now. In Jesus, how God sees me. Yes, because, because I'm still an imperfect person. I'm still a, a finite being. Amen. I still make mistakes. Amen. I still sin. Amen. Even though I don't want to sin. Paul says, you know, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this, of this death? He said, I find me in, in me a law working against the law of my spirit. When I want to do good, evil is always present. And I believe that many times in many believers' lives, there are times that we find ourselves wanting to do good, but evil being always present. How does God see me? Okay, how does God see me? Why is this important? It's important that 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 because we will never be victorious against the enemy who fights his battles in our minds, okay, uh, until we fully understand and embrace not only what God has done for us, but how God sees us, God's perspective of us now. Okay, Paul wrote in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, very familiar passage of scripture. He wrote, finally, brethren, be, finally be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God uh, that, you may, uh, that you may take your stand against the devil's scheme. For the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God, that, that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand. Now, the day of evil can be a great persecution. The day of evil in your personal life can be the attacks of the enemy, okay? When the devil bombards your mind with all types of negativity and doubt and fear and, and what have you, all right? Listen, listen, listen then. He says, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, okay? In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. When I was writing this, I thought about the helmet of salvation, which covers the head. Okay. Paul says, take the shield. Faith is your shield, but you have a helmet on your head. The devil is firing his darts at you. Okay. He's firing his flaming arrows at you. He'll hit you any place he can, but if he can get to your mind, 
If he can get you thinking wrong, okay, if he can get you perceiving wrong, okay, the devil will begin to win his battles. He fights his battles in our minds, okay? Okay. And it's important that we catch that and that we understand that because we want to think correctly. We want to see, we want to always remember in the midst of what's going on in our lives, how does God see me? What's God's perspective of me? I said Satan constantly bombards our minds, all right, with negative thoughts, with condemning thoughts, with guilty thoughts, with thoughts that say to us, God doesn't love you. You're not good enough. You don't measure up. You're not like that person over there. You're not as smart as that person over there. You're not as anointed as the next person. Okay. God, God doesn't love you. Okay. You're not good enough for God. Okay. You don't know enough. You don't fit in. The devil is constantly bombarding our minds with all types of negative thoughts. The warfare is going on in our minds and against us day in and day out. Day in and day out. <clears throat> Satan is using these tactics against believers. Okay. And if we're not careful, we'll succumb to those thoughts. I understand that some of us are strong in the Lord. Some of us have been through so much, you know, and we're, we're, we're there. We've made it. We've arrived. But, but, but there are some who need to hear this message. All right. There are some people who, who are going through a lot of stuff in their minds, in their lives, and it's, it's affecting their faith. Thoughts that are going through their minds. I had a conversation just the other day, you know, about, uh, with the with the young brother, amen, who's dealing with some things in his life that's affecting his faith. And all of these thoughts are going on in his it's just warfare. It is the 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 it is the the the, the war that's going on in his, in his mind that Satan is waging against his mind, of course, against his faith, amen, to to stop him from being confident in who he is in the Lord. How many of you understand that confidence is important when you engage in battle? I would hate to be in 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 in, in, in war with with other soldiers that don't have confidence uh, in their skills or their abilities or confidence in their in their commander. I would not want to be in a part of any military campaign or any military uh, unit, and I don't have confidence in the person that's leading me. We have to have confidence in God. Amen. The Bible says, "Don't cast away your confidence, for it has recompense of great reward." Amen. We must have confidence in God. So, so Satan is trying to undermine that confidence by. Bombarding our minds with all kinds of thoughts. And he definitely deals with the fact that, not a fact. He tries to point out to us, he lies to us and says, God doesn't love you. You don't fit in. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Uh, you, 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 you committed that sin and that guilt continues to, 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 to rest in your mind. You think about it over and over and over again. He does that to undermine your confidence in God. God is speaking to us this morning. Amen. He wants us to revisit. He wants us to re-examine. He wants us to redefine how he sees us based on what he has said in his word. How many of you know that faith comes 
excuse me, faith does come by hearing the word of the Lord, but but our, our salvation and our faith is not based on feeling. Our salvation is not based on feeling. It is based on faith. Amen. Faith on what has been stated in the word. Amen. You're not saved because you feel saved. You're saved because you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross of Calvary. That's why you're saved, because, because God loved you. God extended himself to you in Jesus. Not because you feel saved. There are days you don't feel saved. You just got to know you're saved. And you got to stand on your salvation. When the devil starts to bombard your mind, you got to rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And you stand on who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So this is important. I mean, this is important. This, this is what, this is what is pertinent in this now season. If we're going to be successful in this recovery effort and kingdom expansion effort, we definitely need to know how God sees us. We need to know it. You need to know. And you need to stand on it. You need to embrace it. You need to embrace it. You need to embrace it. Take a look at the text. Uh, take a look at this. Paul is writing to the church at Coloss. There's a problem in the church at Coloss. Paul, Paul uh, Epaphras is the one who established the church at Coloss. He was one of the converts under Paul and went back to his hometown and established the church. So Paul writes uh, to the church to, to confront and combat some heresy that had begun to arise in the church. Okay, so the heresy is 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 a form of narcissism, uh, and these people um, these people uh, are, are, are talking about uh, um, all the stuff that that's based on knowledge. Okay, gnosis, the deals of knowledge, and I I don't want to go through all of it, but but um, but one of the things that 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 he combats is. One must obtain secret knowledge in order to be saved or perfected or perfect. Yeah, and 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 and, and this was not available to everyone. Uh, and they went on to talk about how people have to uh, adhere to human wisdom, tradition, and philosophies, um, and and things like this that Paul combats as he writes to the church. Okay, and we know as we as we've grown in the Lord that we know that Gnosticism is a heresy that is in error. There's no special knowledge. There's no secret knowledge. Amen. God reveals truth to those of us who will seek it. Amen. Amen. The mysteries uh, that were that were that were things that were mysterious uh, uh, to the Jews, God has revealed to us in Christ. Okay, fulfillment has come in Jesus. And as we study the word of the Lord, God gives us insight. God gives us revelation. There's no special secret knowledge that you have to have uh, to, to know Christ and to enter into his, into his will for your life. So Paul writes to, to, to combat these, these heresies. And in his writing, uh, to combat these heresies, let's see. Now, let's see what he says here. Okay, let's read again a little bit about what Paul says. He said, for this reason, since today we heard about you, you we we have not stopped praying for you. Now, now, if you don't, if there's somebody you need to be praying for and you don't know how to pray for them, say a missionary on the field or whatever, your pastor or whatever, this is a good prayer to pray for them, okay? He said, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge 
of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is not any kind of special knowledge that the Gnostics were talking about or this heretical group was talking about, some secret knowledge. Paul wanted God to fill them with all the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And he says, and we pray this in order that you may live a worthy life, a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way bearing fruit in every good works, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. So Paul is dealing with the fact that there are some things in the will of God that the saints needed to know. Okay, which is the same thing that we're saying today, the things in the will of God that we need to know as saints of God so that we're confident in him. We're not basing this on what someone has said. We're basing this on what God has revealed in his word. So as we talk about, as we talk about God's perspective of us and revisiting God's perspective of us, what is it that we see? All right. Okay. Now, now, as I was as I was meditating and writing this, I thought about love, okay? And, and, and we're gonna talk about love in a minute, but love is what love does. Love is an action word. You know, we think about it as being emotional or what have you, but it is an action word. Holy Spirit, help me as I minister this word today. Love is an action word. Love is, as we say, love is what love does. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us, okay? So when we look at this text, what does it tell us about God, okay? And the first thing that I want to point out is that God, God extended to us his loving kindness, God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay. Um, so God extended his love to us. He is extending his grace to us because we don't deserve his love. We don't deserve what he's given to us. All right. While we were yet sinners, Jesus died on the cross. You know, when I think about this, I think about, here it is, 2021. Jesus died, uh, whoa, what, what, uh, A.D. Um, AD 30, around A.D. 30, Jesus died, okay, in A.D. 30. I believe that's the right date. But here it is, 2021. So before I was formed in my mother's womb, before my parents before were born, before my grandparents were born, you know, before my great, great, all, way, way back, all God had already extended his love or extended his grace to us in Jesus Christ. Because he, we are, we are, we are now considered his beloved. We are accepted by him. That's grace. We do, we've not done anything to deserve salvation. We've not done anything to deserve being a part of God's will for our life. That's the grace of God. Second Corinthians 5, 21 said, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Okay. 
Hallelujah. I heard uh, in one of our uh, school of ministry classes the other day, Elder Hoskins said, Jesus is the grace of God. And you think about that. Jesus is the grace of God because God sent Jesus into this world. He sent Jesus into this world to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. We didn't deserve it. We deserve death for our sins. But Jesus, Paul said, who knew no sin, God made him sin on that cross for us. He bore your sins. He bore my sins on that cross of Calvary that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, you ought to tell the Lord, thank you right now. You ought to tell the Lord, thank you right now. That, 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 that him writer, I know he was a slave trader, but the, 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 but the spirit of God arrested him that day as he began to consider what he was doing and wrote the song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Glory to the almighty God. It's God's grace. Hallelujah. God's grace, yes, that he extended to us. That that's, when I think about how God sees me, I got to think about the fact that I was lost in sin, but God extended his grace toward me. Whew, Lord have mercy. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound to what I think this is the uh, uh, New King James, but the NIV, NIV says, which God has lavished on us in all wisdom and prudence. God has lavished his grace on us. God has lavished, let's make that personal. God has lavished his grace on me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God has lavished his grace on you. Lavish it, poured it out in abundance. Grace. Hallelujah. Great grace. God has lavished on us. Whew. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father. In his grace, in his grace, he exempted me from his wrath. In his grace, he showed mercy on me. In his grace, he showed mercy on me. So when I think about how God sees me, God's perspective of me, God loved me enough, hallelujah, to extend his grace and his mercy. He exempted me from his wrath. That's mercy. What do you mean? I deserve death for my sin. You deserve death for your sin. The Bible says the soul that sinneth shall surely die. God's law. Divine law requires death for sin. But what did God do? He sent Jesus to die for me. And he exempted me from eternal damnation. God, thank you. God, thank you. John chapter 13, John chapter 3, verses 14 through 18 says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, that whoever believes in him should not perish, should not die, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
And then he goes on to say, he who believes in him is not condemned. If I'm not condemned, I have been exempted from his wrath. Jesus took my punishment. Jesus, oh my God, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for Jesus taking my punishment. Hallelujah. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The punishment that brought about my peace, he took upon himself. God, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus took it. Jesus took my punishment. Jesus died on that cross for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12 to 14 says, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. God, thank you. Eternal redemption, not partial redemption, not a redemption to give and take back, but eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were ceremonially, un ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ through his eternal spirit Offered himself, and I need to go back and read the rest of that because I didn't write it down. And I want to read the rest of that in Hebrews chapter 9. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to read the rest of it. Hebrews chapter 9. Um, let's stop that verse 14. It says, yeah, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience? from the acts that leads to death so that we may serve the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the commentary on that text, it says, since by Jesus' blood alone, we have our conscience cleansed. We are freed from sin's power. If we're carrying a load of guilt because we're finding that we can't be good enough for God. Remember, we talked about how Satan tries to make us think that we're not good enough for God. If you're carrying a load of guilt because you're finding you can't be good enough for God, take another look at Jesus' death. Hallelujah. And what it means for you. Take another look. That's what God is saying to us. Go back and revisit what I've done for you. Revisit what I've said about you, revisit how I feel about you, revisit how, what my perspective about my child, blood bought, blood washed. Yes, if I looked at you in your flesh, I would see a, see an unworthy, dirty, low-down, wretched sinner who is going to die for sin. But I'm looking at you in Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. I'm looking at you in Jesus. Hallelujah. Take another look. Take another look, hallelujah, at what Jesus' death means for you. Christ can heal your conscience and deliver you from frustration of trying to earn God's favor. Let me tell you something. If you're in Christ today, you're already accepted in the beloved. About the, yeah, you're already accepted. Amen. You're already, you already have God's favor. I know we preach favor isn't fair, and it's not fair. And, you know, we, we pray for God's favor to rest on people. But don't you know in Jesus, God's favor already rests on you. 
You are a child of the most high God. Amen. His favor is on you. Praise the name of Jesus. You are living in his love. This is God's mercy at work on your behalf. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And lastly, not only did God extend his grace, and not only did God extend his mercy, hallelujah, but finally, 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 God included me in his eternal plan. God included me in his eternal plan. That's how God sees me. He sees me worthy enough in Jesus to include me in his eternal plan. That's the love of God. God loves me. God loves me. And he included me. He didn't leave me out. He included Paul says here that the Lord has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. God has rescued us, hallelujah, from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. God forgave me. God redeemed me. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Paul says in Ephesians 1 and 7, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. Okay? And he included us. He included us. Hallelujah. He rescued us. He loved us so much that he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In the kingdom of the son of his love means that he has included me in his eternal plan. So now, I believe in the gospel and I must proclaim this gospel message that's my assignment. I am included. You are included. You are not left out. God thinks enough of you to include you in his eternal plan. God loves you enough to embrace you. Hallelujah. In all of your shortcomings, he includes you. That's why we've got to catch this thing. Because the devil does not want us to know that we are included. He wants us to think that we are still left on the outside. That we are still not good enough. But God says, it's not in you. It's not by your own merit that I've included you. But because your belief in the finished work of Christ on Calvary, hallelujah, by virtue of what Jesus did, I've included you in my eternal plan. God's eternal plan for the ages. I said, all men be saved. And he's included you and me in that process. That's love. Oh, yes. When I go out on a mission, well, let's start here. When I'm preaching the gospel to you, I realize, I'm, I, I realize that I am included in God's love. I am included in God's love, in God's eternal plan. He allows me to preach the gospel. He allows me to serve you as your pastor. I'm included. He allows me to teach the gospel. He allows me to go on the mission field and raise up sons and daughters. We're raising up sons and daughters here at home as well. And, 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 and allows us to, 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 to plant churches, to win souls. We are included saints. That's how God thinks about us. That's God's perspective of us. God loves us enough to include us. Don't let the devil make you think you're not good enough. Let me tell you something. Regardless of what the devil says, 
He cannot reverse what God has done. No, no, no. Oh. Regardless of how the devil tries to fight you, he can't win against you. The devil cannot curse what God has blessed. We are blessed in Jesus. We are included in God's plan. His grace and mercy has been extended to us. That says to us that God loves us. Remember, I said love is what love does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are sealed by the Spirit of God until the day of redemption. God has certified it. God has placed his seal on you. You are God's purchased possession. Hallelujah. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus and Jesus himself declared those whom God has given to me, Satan can in no wise pluck them out of my hand. Take another look. Take another look at God's perspective of you. And rejoice. Rejoice in the fact that God has extended his grace toward you. He has extended his mercy toward you. And he has included you in his eternal plan. That's God's perspective of you. He loves you. You're precious in his sight. You fit in. You are included. And God's eternal plan. Join him and what he's doing in this world today. Don't sit back any longer. Don't stay on the sideline and second guess yourself. Don't think you're not good enough. We've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. But God has included us in his plan. He's extended grace. He's extended mercy. When we came to Jesus in faith, repenting of our sins and turning from our wickedness or turning from our unbelief. And as we grow in the Lord, he continually sanctifies us as we commit to that process of sanctification and separating ourselves from the works of darkness with his help, with his power. God loves you. God accepts you. You're accepted in the beloved. You are included. His grace is extended towards you. His mercy is given to you. I pray that this message has encouraged you as it has encouraged me. Every day we need encouragement. There are times as we grow in the Lord, we learn to encourage ourselves. That means we still need encouragement. There are times other people, God sends them by to encourage us, but we need encouragement. I pray this message encourages you. If you're feeling some kind of way in your relationship with the Lord, think about how God sees you. Now, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, okay, you've never repented. You've never said, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. You shed your blood for me. I want you to come into my life and be my Savior and my Lord. If you never said that 
as a decision of your will. I want to give you an opportunity today to do that. The same grace and mercy that's extended to those of us who are saved is extended to you. You have to accept it. You have to accept what God has done for you. Will you do that today? God wants to include you in his eternal plan. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy that you have extended to me. I receive you now. And I speak right now that I am saved because of my faith and what you did for me on that cross that day. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.